And it's, and that's the other thing is like the subjectivity of your experience gets, you get kind of gaslit by education. For sure. Because you're just taught that everybody gets some cramps and you're like, if this is cramps, I don't want to live. <laughs> oh, yeah. Welcome to Medium Lady Talks. I'm your host, Erin Vandeven. I'm a millennial and mother trying to build the place in the world that's made for me while fighting burnout, living intentionally, and embracing gratitude, even when I'm grumpy. Here on Medium Lady Talks, we visit the topics and practical tips that will help you maximize self-discovery and minimize self-judgment so you can finally get momentum building the life you know is possible in this post-pandemic world. On this podcast, you can expect we'll get deep while having fun, and whether you're burnt out like a dog in a dumpster fire or celebrating your best life daily, you'll find the conversations, prompts, and tools I know will be helpful on your own personal healing journey. So stay tuned for my deep dive solo shows and interview episodes with dear friends and expert guests. Together, we'll make sure you have what you need to build the place in the world that's made for you. I'm so glad you're here. So let's jump in. Hello, hi, and welcome to Medium Lady Talks, episode 80. I'm just here quickly to do a bit of an intro. This is part two of my conversation with my friend Sarah, all about exploring menstrual health and really kind of getting beyond our periods. In part two of this conversation, what you're going to hear Sarah and I talk about why we think that women really shy away from talking about their periods, even though everybody gets one. Some of our additional conversation, dispelling guilt regarding symptoms that women have, talking about, you know, why are there no products catered to support women through their cycle outside of the menstrual phase, how to expect ebbs and flow in your sexuality as your hormone cycle, talking to your kids about your period, and the harms of menstrual myths when women seek diagnoses for symptoms and pain that then find them gaslit by the healthcare system. If you really enjoyed part one of this conversation, I know that you are totally up for part two. And if you have yet to hear part one, please make sure that you go ahead and enjoy episode 79. It'll be the one right before this one on your feed. Thanks so much for listening. And without further ado, here's more of my conversation with Sarah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like you and I are talking about it right now. Yeah. Um. So let's talk about that destigmatizing conversations, you know, like, why is that important to just talk to other women about our bodies and our periods? Yeah, it, it's super important in terms of connection because we've been marginalized, right? Because you, you, because being part of marginalized is like feeling alone, feeling undervalued. Yeah. And when you come together as women and you discuss like, this is always happening or I have never had that happen to me. Why is that always discussed? Then you start to know more about what's going on. You're connecting more of the dots. If it's happening to everybody, this is common. This is not something to be afraid of or embarrassed of or embarrassed to talk about. This is just your body as a woman doing what it's supposed to do. Yeah, I totally agree. And I do feel like in a lot of ways that after I got that education on my period and what my period was all about... I would not say that there was like a lot of conversation afterwards, although I think now that my mom is not to kind of call out my mom, but now that my mom is postmenopause, 
I think she's connected more of the dots in terms of her parenting and in terms of where she probably struggled with cyclical sort of like hormones up, hormones down feeling as a parent and where she felt really disconnected from herself and from her parenting when she would experience that downswing in her cycle. And I think, you know, she's coming at it even with a lot more, I think, compassion for herself and compassion for me as a mom and her saying, you know, yeah, like that's a real, that's a real thing. Like if when you have to parent when you're in that downswing, then you really can find yourself in not necessarily dark thoughts, but like a sort of like um, a toilet bowl of emotions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, your hormones were swirling down. Yeah. And, and, and when you're feeling that way about your life and your family and the choices you've made, then you can really start to like kind of feel guilty after you have those feelings of irritation or resentment or whatever it is, then you feel guilty. And then that's just this like never ending cycle that doesn't serve anybody. Yes. You know, is to like endlessly berate yourself for thoughts and feelings that are happening frequently, you know, once a month instead of just kind of like acknowledging where you're at and then getting what you need in order to even out your experience so that it doesn't feel so dire, so that it doesn't feel so desperate. Because I think those are the other things that also stigma- people self-stigmatize, yes. right? They, self- they self-shame themselves. They have, they have really high levels of judgment on themselves and who they should be. And because we don't talk about it, I think like, well, Sarah never gets PMSE and like loses her mind on her kids because I've never heard her tell me that. And she's not posted it on Instagram. Right. So she's an amazing mom. Can you believe it? You know, or like, like, I mean, Kardashians, if you want to just have a couple episodes about your periods, (laughs) you're going to change the world. Someone should tell Kim and the other ones. I don't watch them. I don't. The Chloe and the Courtney. And the Kendall, there we yeah. go, I got there. And the Kylies, tell, if they just did just three, two and a half, two and a half episodes on their on their cycles, holy smokers, think of the billions of dollars they'd start to make. Or maybe a product line on, you know, on something to do with um, your cycle that is not period panties. Yeah. Anything, like anything. Sell me some food, like that, that is not focused on me. Avoiding the idea that I'm menstruating, you know? Yeah. (laughs) I have seen some things that are sort of like journals, you know, they're sort of like practical assessment tools. You know, I think there is like a, a sort of market for certainly like educational materials, books, you know, but like I want to see like the scrapbooking sticker population <laughs> that's like this is my ovulation sticker that goes in my bullet journal and this is this is my luteal phase sticker that goes in my luteal phase part of my journal. Yes. Um I don't know, maybe we can find them on Etsy. We should have maybe looked on Etsy first. We should have. I mean, this is it. There there are probably underground stuff like that. Like and I say underground cuz it's definitely not mainstream. No. Like if I'm saying like where's the sticker and and it doesn't exist like we just got a we just got an emoji we just got a blood emoji <laughs> and I don't even think that's exclusive to the period yeah. but we just we just got that in the last year or two so it's not mainstream you know it's mainstream when the emojis pick it up yes okay so back to the makeup my number one key element of tomato girl makeup is a 
flushed, not pink blush. No. The blush should not be pink. Should not be mauve. It should really have a red, if not orange, undertone. And so what I'm using is Foxglove by Rose Ink. This is their lip and cheek color. It is a cream product. And there we go. I have terrible lighting for this. It looks probably like I'm washed out. I'm not wearing much at all. And then when I go in my bathroom, I'm going to be... Going to be ready for a night out. Horrified. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sarah, where are you at in your latte I'm almost makeup done. application? I'm almost done. So I've been... Uh, I use the lip liner, which is really common. It's the Makeup Forever, the Endless Cacao, of course, Endless Cacao. And then and for a lot of... A lot of the looks, they're just doing a lip liner and then uh, a lip gloss, keeping it pretty neutral. But I find that washes me out a little bit too much. So I went for a little bit of color with this Kosas Wet Gloss in the color Malibu. Mm. And then I went into some Rare Beauty, which, uh, you know what, if you want to jump into the high-end stuff, but barely dip your toe, go Rare Beauty. Yeah. Go Rare Beauty anything. Anything. 100% agree. Love it. All the stuff. Yeah. I want to take just a moment. Okay. And speak about something. I'm not sure how comfortable some women are with this, but uh, speak about sexuality as it relates to your cycle. And I kind of alluded to this in the beginning, but the sexuality, the, the rise in your drive, um, that's a very natural part of who you are during that follicular phase and during ovulation, which I flipped the script and started calling that my time of the month because it happens for us. There is a specific time of the month where um, it's been well-documented that women dress nicer or more provocatively in terms of how they feel about themselves. They're dressing to present more. They're wearing a little bit more brighter makeup. They're speaking up more. Uh, you can tap in to your sexuality at that time of the month and you can mm -hmm. enjoy that part of yourself that wants to dress a little bit more provocatively, wear some makeup. Um, that part of it has really been pushed aside as well. This like script of like mm -hmm. men are driven for sex. Men have these hormones and women have to fight them off. And it's like, no, we have the hormones too. Apparently our hormones only make us crazy and, and, and unable to pick the president, but their hormones, you know, drive them towards sex and we need to bat them off. <laughs> Except we have hormones too. We have a sexuality. There's a high drive in us, in that follicular phase, in that ovulation phase. And it does decrease during the luteal phase, certainly, but then it actually picks back up in menstruation. Mm-hmm. But it gets completely ignored. There's this weird, like, women have periods and they have babies, but that has nothing to do with sex. Mm. And it's so strange that we are governed by this cycle in a negative way. I've seen so many jokes on television of like, oh, you know, you got to watch out for her, her time of the month and they... Uh, they track it to know when she's going to be angry or they, um, yeah, oh, I think it's on like the big bang theory where they give women chocolate and it's like, why aren't you tracking for the positive? Why are you tracking to avoid pain instead <laughs> of tracking to like 
be with your partner. Seek pleasure. Yeah. And when you tap into that sort of stuff and you are open about that sort of thing, like I can talk to Kevin, who is my husband. I can talk to him about that sort of stuff, about that my drive is high, about that my drive is low. I can talk to him on that day where I'm like, you know what? Um, my cycle's hitting me really hard today. I am getting easily overwhelmed. It is not about you. I, uh, I just, I'm going to have to monitor this because like, it's coming down a little bit difficult for me today. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm able to express that and connect with him more. In being more feminine, I'm connecting with him more. Mm-hmm. We don't get to tap into that. Right. Like, it's nothing but an upside. Yeah. Like, even if the feelings are negative, or even if the feelings are overwhelming or challenging, when you demystify that for your whole household... Yes then what you ultimately can result in is that being a time when you can ask for help, a time when you can feel supported. And that can mean that this is not a time that's like about you being perceived negatively or you be, or you perceiving yourself negatively or you withdrawing completely from life until, until you are not experiencing those things. Yeah. I think that one of the things that... Um, I've felt really strongly about as my sons get older is educating them on what I'm experiencing. Now, I have had that be because of their ages about my period and what my period is for. But that whole conversation has happened in the context of there being a cycle of there being a sort of like an up and a down because of how women's bodies are designed to have babies. So maybe I need to probably think a little bit more about how I'm portraying and sharing that but I've also said that in the context of like if you in the future if you get married to a woman or if you have a partner who is a woman then you want to understand these things for them too right you know because that's just part of being in a relationship is understanding that so I have started telling my sons more I'm I'm going to have my period or my period is in coming in a couple of days this is how I'm feeling right now I've said to my partner, oh, my period started last night. So, you know, just like I'm really uncomfortable right now or I'm really like my mind is racing. Yep. For me, I tend to constantly lose sleep in the week right before my period. And lack of sleep is an anxiety trigger for me. So you can imagine in the five days leading up to my period, I lose sleep. My anxiety gets triggered. And generally by that first day of my period, I'm really primed symptomatically for, you know, feeling the way that I feel. Everything makes sense. Of course. Are you having a bad day? It seems like the equation added up to that happening to you. And then I can give myself grace, but I can also give my family the information that they need to give me grace too. Yes. And that can be like a really beautiful and dynamic experience. My sons are are 10 and 7 and 3. So the information that they're able to consume and understand, I am, as a, as their mother, giving them the information that they can appropriately absorb and in an age-appropriate kind of way. Yes. But I also think that it's important for me to have that conversation with my husband present because then he can empower and role model what an adult man, how an adult man participates in this conversation. And it's not a one-time gig. Like, yeah. this also probably happened during a commercial for a pad. And somebody said something about something, something. Actually, it might have been, there's a commercial for, 
I think there's a commercial for pads that is now using red liquid. Yeah. And that's a whole other myth. Your period is not blue water, just so you know. No. You may have seen blue water on commercials your entire life. And I'm going to tell you. And they were using like a simulation of blood. And my sons really reacted to the visual. Of course they did. And I think I might have said, I think that's the first time I've ever seen a commercial use simulate blood. Right. And they were like, what do you mean blood? And I was like, well, I get my period every month and it's blood. And they were like, it's blood. And so that enabled a conversation. That's one of maybe three or three or four conversations we've had about my period. But I also like keep it short. Yeah. Keep it to the point. Ask them if they have questions. Don't assume the questions that they have. Because usually when I assume what questions they have, I talk way too much. (laughs) (laughs) I know what you mean. I was like, well, you probably need to know a lot of things in this context. And they're generally like, okay, the show's, my show's back on now. Yeah. That's good, mom. Thanks. You're like, cool, 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 cool. But that's also like another opportunity. I think when we were girls is it sort of was like, you're going to get this one-time information download, probably never going to, we're never going to circle back to this. Yeah. So, I mean, you had big sisters, so that probably changed things for you. It did and it didn't. There were, I remember when I was younger, the first time, or maybe even the second time that I got my period, I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm staying home today. And my sisters were like, what are you talking about? I'm like, when you get your period, you, you stay home. They're like, no, when you get bad cramps that are hurting your body too much, you stay home. If you're not cramping, you have to go on with your life. And I'm like, I have to what? I have to <laughs> I I reject this. Yeah, I thought this was like I get one or two days a month, just like at home. Yeah, just to bleed and relax. <laughs> no, not so much. <laughs> but there is like there wasn't a conversation about it before it happened like that, where it's like, how did I not know at that point about cramping? Of course, the muscles that surround your uterus are trying to get everything out, so they squeeze and cramp. Same cramp as any other muscle in your body. And why is that not explained? Well, I think that you make a really interesting point because I think this is one of the things where, and the makeup is done, by the way, everybody. <laughs> the makeup is done. Conversation is not. Um, yeah. I have a lot of blush on my cheeks and a lot of, of peach eyeshadow, which I like to add to my tomato girl, tomato girl eyes and tomato girl cheeks. Um, I'm loving the tomato girl. Loving it. Oh, thank you. Um, and I'm loving the latte. That's perfect for your skin tone. It looks I great. I forgot mascara. It's somewhere in the other room. So, yeah, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing mascara. I already have a bit on, but I just don't feel like it. <laughs> it's too late at night. But what I was going to say is I think that some of the misconceptions about your period, such as cramps, actually can really um, put people on really challenging um, health journeys. Like if you think about people who have fibroids or PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, these are tremendously debilitating periods that people will have. And close friends of mine experienced these through their teenage years. And it was very much a, it's just your period, suck it up. Yeah. Take some Advil and get back out there. Cramps are cramps. You're fine. Right. And and people were not fine. Yeah. People were not fine and not given permission to say, I know my body. Yeah. I know how I'm feeling. This is not okay with me. Even if it is normal period cramps in quotations, I'm not okay with my normal period cramps and they are hurting me too much to function. 
And I think that that also is a terrible function of how we teach people about their periods and how we teach people about their cycles is like, you're going to get cramps. Yeah. Cramps sounds like something that happens, you know, when you ate before you went swimming. Yeah. You know, it's not and and for and for many people and I would say I do get crampy. Yeah. Thank goodness. But I know for many people it's like it's like a pump the brakes and pull over until this experience can be resolved. It can be and it and that's the other thing is like the subjectivity of your experience gets you get kind of gaslit by education. For sure. Because you're just taught that everybody gets some cramps and you're like if this is cramps, I don't want to live. <laughs> Oh, yeah. You know, and then that being an underlying lack of diagnosis that people go with for years and years and years and years. Right. And, and and these things oftentimes require surgery. They re- can require heavy duty medications and interventions. And they can go undiagnosed for a long time because of how we sort of perpetuate the words that we're allowed to use to describe our bodies and the amount of pain that we're allowed to experience or not experience because of our periods. Yeah. I mean, I think I think you're absolutely right. Every woman, either it's them or they know somebody whose cramping gets so bad or did get so bad that they threw up. Yeah. The pain in their body is so bad once a month that it brings them to throw up. It brings them to vomit. That is not normal cramping. And every woman knows somebody like that. Every woman knows like three other women like mm-hmm. that. And that can be treated like teenage Mm -hmm. girls do not need to go through this pain, this incredible pain every month and be told Mm -hmm. this is normal. We need to talk about it. Open it up. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree with you. Sarah, if you could go back to that preteen or teen who was getting her first couple periods, what would you want her to know that she didn't know? I would want to give her context. Oh, say more. This is not the thing that happens to you behind closed doors once a month. This is part of your life. This is part of the lives of almost every woman you know. This is more than just a once a month, once a month inconvenience or painful aspect of your life. This is part of who you are. It's got way more power. Than you, than you would believe. Just more content, more for their, for that young girl. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would probably try to disconnect having babies from having a period because I think that myself as, you know, a preteen getting my period felt very connected to, well, you're a woman now. Yeah. And women can have babies and you better make sure you don't have a baby. And that to me feeling like a very scary and shameful side of being a woman and a very lonely. Like that idea that you just said is like every woman, probably every woman you know, can share and or have experiences related to what you're experiencing. You're not alone. Yeah. But I still felt very lonely, even with a mom who talked a lot about bodies and a lot about sexuality and a lot about periods and a lot about, you know, general health information. It still felt like a really lonely period of time. You know, it still felt like 
you know, something that you had to hide. You yeah. remember even like if I had a pad and I would like put my pad in the garbage, I would then put like layers of toilet paper on top of the pad because like heaven forbid anyone see like that horrific garbage produced by my body. Yeah. That would be so embarrassing. I would never survive. You know, even that feeling I I want to say is like, Let's talk about your periods as if it had nothing to do with making babies. And then after you learn that part, we'll layer the baby part on top of that. Yeah. Because that's going to make more sense. Maybe that's, you know, when you say I would give her more context, is that maybe that's the context that's really missing is removing that binary of like babies on, babies off from the conversation. Because even for a lot of women, that babies on, babies off is known or unknown to them, not a possibility. Like there's a lot of women for whom they're not going to get pregnant or they're they're going to either choose to not get pregnant. They're not going to be able to get pregnant. They're, um, you know, that choice and autonomy part never comes into question when you have your period. And like... When you have birth control or when you have an IUD or when you choose your method for like a contraception, that that all becomes added layers on top of that foundational context. But when the context is you're either going to have a baby, no period, or you're not going to have a baby, get a period, and that's all the context you get, then everything else becomes about this sort of like race to not have a baby. Yes. Yeah. You know, and then sometimes your period when you're older and sexually active, you're like, thank God. Yeah. Thank God I got my period. Not, not a baby yeah. this time. Yes. Let's restart the race. Let's restart. Oh Let's restart the terrifying race to not have a baby again. You know, yeah. that's where that's where it becomes sort of sort of cyclical. And I'm sort of being tongue in cheek in a little ways here, but I'm, I'm sure there are listeners who are going to be nodding and saying, yeah. Yeah, I get that. I get that. Yes. Sarah, if we were going to wrap up, what do you think will be the key takeaways from this episode? We've talked about well-being. We've talked about empowering women through knowledge. We've talked a little bit about uh, media portrayals, the common myths and misconceptions, and the importance of just having that education to begin with. What do you think is one key action that you would want anybody listening today to take away from our chat something you would want something to do some kind of call to action i know exactly what i want this <laughs> i want this to be oh yes oh you know exactly oh she's like she's moving in her seat she's getting a little more comfortable all right all right i want i want if you haven't done this if you don't know this i want you as a woman if listening to this as a as a woman who ovulates listening to this, to crack your ovulation, to look for that follicular phase, to look for ovulation. Notice I, I said crack your ovulation, not to have a baby, not to avoid your menstruation, to look, to watch out for those days. I want, you can look for apps. Unfortunately, I have looked for them. They are almost all completely associated with having children mm -hmm. you can track it to know your body and know when you're going to feel powerful know when you can release yourself from some of these commitments and say 
I'm in that phase. I am just not feeling energetic today. I know why I'm not feeling energetic. I'm okay. I can just chill out on the couch tonight. Track your cycle for yourself to know who you are and where your strength is. Amazing. And how would you recommend people track it? Just get your journal, get your uh, period stickers from the Etsy shop. <laughs> you can use uh, you can use a number of different apps for it. There are some that are just a little bit more low key. Uh, again, unfortunately, um, it is all associated with uh, ovulation with with um, fertility. So if that is a trigger for you for any reason, which it is for a lot of women, yeah, just track on the regular calendar um, and track track when you get your period and when you feel great. Track both. Have a sticker for both mm-hmm. so that you can see, okay, like I had my period 10 days later. I feel awesome. I feel amazing. Mm-hmm. I could dance all night. Well, now you know. <laughs> 10 days after is your... Is your amazing ovulation time. Yeah, I really like that. And I think I would recommend people to go as like low fidelity as possible with this kind of tracking. So either just open up the notes app in your phone and make two columns. One is the date. And the second one is just going to be any kind of note you want to make about your energy, your body. Yeah. There's lots of websites that will teach you about cervical fluid that can be super helpful. You can just write that down and let that go date and symptom and then do that on a really long column, like as many rows as you can. And if you forget a day, no big deal. When you feel it and you think of it, pop it in there and then let that happen for two or three months and then take a step back and look at it. And see if there's anything interesting there. I guarantee you there probably will be something interesting there. It won't be something we can prepare you for. It's going to be a discovery that you make of yourself. If you want to not use the notes app in your phone, I would recommend getting like a little pocket calendar from the dollar store. Just like one of those. It's like this. It's like maybe just a little bit bigger than a phone. And just use the, use the squares, the cells in the calendar to write your symptoms down. Either it's going to be about your physical body, it's going to be about your mental perception of the world around you, it's going to be like the triple smiley face day, (laughs) you're going to want to do that one, the triple smiley face, you know, like some days you're like, okay, feeling good, and some days you're like, I'm feeling good, (laughs) you know, those are the days when you're like sending a lot of memes to your friends, and they're all like really funny, like jazzy, the jazzy meme days, note those down, the dark angry meme days note those yeah, down. Yeah. <laughs> and then you know the days when i talk about like i have like the monkey of doom on my back or a doom monkey yeah track those days too you know and then bring your period into that into that but like keep it really really simple and i don't know that we need apps i don't know that we need all these yeah you know the the apps in many ways kind of complicate and again, mystify it. Yeah. It's like if you can't track your symptoms, then you're how are you going to know what's going on if you can't track everything? But really think about tracking on the the days where the energy is going up and think about tracking on the days when the energy is going down. And maybe that's all you have to all you have to track is like today is August 2nd and energy is going up or energy is going down. And then just 
pay attention to that. And that's not going to be a straight line up and a straight line down either. No, no, it's not. But that's the wonderful thing about it. It'll change and shift and then you get to know yourself. Absolutely. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Sarah and I, I think we're going to sign off from here. We appreciate your time and attention. We know that it is really, really precious resource that you have. Uh, We are so grateful for you. We are so grateful for you and your time and your attention and your bodies are doing amazing things. And yeah, just take a little minute for gratitude for, for that amazing gift. Sarah and I will link to whatever resources or things that kind of came across in conversation. Those will be in the show notes. And we would love it if you would continue the conversation with us. You can find me on Instagram at medium.lady. Sarah, do you want to share your Instagram handle? If people can get in touch with you after they listen to the episode. Sure. My Instagram handle is uh, at uh, as ever Sarah. And that will be in the show notes as well. In the meantime, we want you to know we love you very much. You're doing such a good, good job. And we'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to Medium Lady Talks, created and produced by me, Erin Vandeven. If you want more of the general vibe, gratitude, and encouragement from this episode, please come and find me on Instagram at medium.lady. And since you've made it to the end, I'd love to get to know you even better. Screenshot this episode so you can share it on Instagram and be sure to tag me so that we can chat. Thanks for listening. Remember, you're doing such a good job. Your place in this world can only be filled by you. I'll see you in the next episode. Bye.